0: part seven of the children's book of christmas by j c dyer this librivox recording is in the public domain part seven the golden carol of melchiar bathsar and gaspar the three kings we saw the light shine out afar on christmas in the morning and straight we knew christ's star it was bright beaming in the morning then did we fall on bended knee on christmas in the morning and praise the lord who'd let us see his glory at its dawning o ever thought be of his name on christmas in the morning who bore for us both grief and shame, afflictions sharpest scorning. And may we die, when death shall come, on Christmas in the morning, and see in heaven our glorious home, the star of Christmas morning. Babushka It was the night the dear Christ child came to Bethlehem. In a country far away from him an old, old woman, named Babushka, sat in her snug little house by her warm fire. The wind was drifting the snow outside and howling down the chimney, but it only made Babushka's fire burn more brightly. "'How glad I am that I may stay indoors,' said Babushka, holding her hands out to the bright blaze. But suddenly she heard a loud rap at her door. She opened it, and her candle shone on three old men standing outside in the snow. Their beards were as white as the snow, and so long that they reached the ground.' their eyes shone kindly in the light of babushka's candle and their arms were full of precious things boxes of jewels and sweet-smelling oils and ointments we have travelled far babushka they said and we stopped to tell you of the baby prince born this night in bethlehem he comes to rule the world and teach all men to be loving and true we carry him gifts come with us babushka But Babushka looked at the driving snow, and then inside at her cozy room, and the crackling fire. "'It is too late for me to go with you, good sir,' she said. "'The weather is too cold.' She went inside again and shut the door, and the old men journeyed on to Bethlehem without her. But as Babushka sat by her fire, rocking, she began to think about the little Christ child, for she loved all babies.' to-morrow i will go to find him she said to-morrow when it is light and i will carry him some toys so when it was morning babushka put on her long cloak and took her staff and filled her basket with the pretty things a baby would like gold balls and wooden toys and strings of silver cobwebs and she set out to find the christ child but oh babushka had forgotten to ask the three old men the road to bethlehem and they had travelled so far through the night that she could not overtake them. Up and down the road she hurried through woods and fields and towns, saying to whomsoever she met, I go to find the Christ child. Where does he lie? I bring some pretty toys for his sake. But no one could tell her the way to go, and they all said, Farther on, Babushka, farther on. So she traveled on and on and on for years and years, but she never found the little Christ child. They say that old babushka is traveling still looking for him. When it comes Christmas Eve and the children are lying fast asleep, babushka comes softly through the snowy fields and towns, wrapped in her long cloak and carrying her basket on her arm. With her staff, she raps gently at the doors and goes inside and holds her candle close to the little children's faces. Is he here? she asks. Is the little Christ child here? and then she turns sorrowfully away again crying farther on farther on but before she leaves she takes a toy from her basket and lays it beside the pillow for a christmas gift for his sake she says softly and then hurries on through the years and forever in search of the little christ child the three kings if you had been a child in provence when mistral was a boy you might perhaps have joined the excited party of curly-headed boys and fair-haired girls in hoods and clacking wooden shoes who went with him to meet the three kings the wise men from the east coming to worship the holy child on the night before epiphany Mistral told of it long afterwards in this way With hearts beating and eyes bright, we started forth on the road to Arles, bearing our gifts of welcome—cakes for the kings, figs for the boy pages, sweet hay for the tired camels. The wind blew cold, the robin and wren hopped shivering on the branches of the leafless trees. The fields were empty except for perhaps an old woman picking up sticks or a ragged snail-gatherer under the hedge. "'Where are you going so late, my little ones?' someone would ask. "'We go to meet the kings,' we said, singing and laughing, sliding and running along the white, wind-swept road. But the daylight faded, the black-pointed cypress trees hid the bell-tower of my land, and the long, white road stretched away empty. Then we met a shepherd, his long brown cloak held tight around him. "'Have you seen the kings? Are they still a long way off?' ah the kings you should see them soon they are not so far away then we set off running again with our gifts for the kings and the pages and a handful of hay for the camels the bravest of us flagged a little as a great cloud over the mountain hid the sun when suddenly a flash of golden splendor and a glory of yellow and crimson shone just where the white road "'curved from behind the mountain. "'The kings, the kings, see their mantles, "'see the banners, they're coming.' "'And so we stood amazed. "'But instead of growing brighter "'as if the kings were coming nearer, "'the glory faded with the sunset, "'and we found ourselves alone in the dark highway. "'Which way did the kings go? "'They have gone behind the mountain.' "'The white owls hooted, the wind was chill, "'and night shadows frightened us.' So close together, with backward glances, we hurried towards the village again. The hay we threw away, but the cakes we had brought to give the kings, and the figs for the boy pages, they were comforting. And at home our mothers asked us, Well, did you see them? Only a long way off, they went behind the mountain. But what road did you take? The road to Arles ah my poor lambs but the kings never come by that road they come from the east you should have taken the roman road ah the beautiful sight when they enter mayan the banners and trumpets the pages leading the camels but what a show now they are gone to the church to offer their adoration after supper you shall go and see them Suppers were swallowed quickly, mine at my grandmother's, and then we all ran to the church. Sure enough, high above the manger hung the glittering star, and on bended knees before the holy child were the three kings, Gaspar in a crimson cloak with gifts of gold, Melchior in yellow offering incense, and Balthazar in a mantle blue presenting a vase of myrrh how reverently we admired the gaily dressed pages who carried the king's long trains, and the great camels whose heads and humps rose high above St. Joseph's ass and the oxen. Many a time since those days I have been on the Arle road at this season, when the robin and wren haunt the hawthorn hedges. The snail-gatherer still searches under the hedge, and the owls hoot in the winter evening but i see no more in the glory of the sunset clouds the banners of the kings which way did they go the kings behind the mountain christmas peace that sweetly prophetic evening silence before the great feast of good will does not come over everything each year even in a lonely cottage on an abandoned farm in connecticut Than which you cannot possibly imagine anything more silent or more remote from the noise of the world. Sometimes it rains in torrents just on that night. Sometimes it blows a raging gale that twists the leafless birches and elms and hickory trees like dry grass and bends the dark firs and spruces as if they were feathers. And you can hardly be heard unless you shout for the howling and screaming and whistling of the blast. But now and then, once in four or five years perhaps, the feathery snow lies a foot deep, fresh fallen, on the still countryside and in the woods, and the waxing moon sheds her large light on all, and nature holds her breath to wait for the happy day and tries to sleep, but cannot from sheer happiness and peace. Indoors, the fire is glowing on the wide hearth, a great bed of coals that will last all night and be enough, because it is not bitter weather, but only cold and clear and still, as it should be. Or, if there is only a poor stove, the iron door is open and a comfortable cheery red light shines out from within upon the battered iron plate and the wooden floor beyond, and the older people sit around it, not saying much, and thinking with their hearts rather than with their heads." But small boys and girls know that interesting things have been happening in the kitchen all the afternoon, and are rather glad that the supper was not very good, because there will be more room for good things tomorrow. And the grown-ups and the children have made up any little differences of opinion they may have had before supper-time, because good will must reign, and reign alone, like Alexander. So that there is nothing at all to regret, and nothing hurts anybody any more, and they are all happy in just waiting for King Christmas to open the door softly and make them all great people in his kingdom. But if it is the right sort of house, he is already looking in through the window to be sure that everyone is all ready for him and that nothing has been forgotten. End of Part 7 End of The Children's Book of Christmas by J. C. Dyer